Now, if you would, take your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we live in a very confusing world today, don't we? We live in a very confusing time. You know, we know in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul told Timothy, he said, you know, this know also that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And, uh, and I know that those perilous times that he was talking about, of course, in the first century of Christians, you know, people's heads were getting lopped off. They were put in, in stadiums with lions and being torn apart. But as you read through, and we're, not, we're, t- we're turning over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read of these, what these perilous times were. And uh, these were people that were lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. And uh, these are people who had a spiritual problem. These were spiritual perils that were going to be happening in the last days. And I tell you what, I think we're there. Amen. I, I think we're, we are definitely, uh, if we're not right there, we are very, very close. And uh, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. We're just going to read this one verse and then I will turn over to James and, and, uh, and share with you another verse and then we'll pray and we'll get started here. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And then over in James, I'll just read this to you. James chapter 3, 16 says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And uh, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I cannot remember when confusion was so rampant as it, as it is now. And it seems that everybody is confused about everything. But let's, let's go ahead and get, uh, uh, let's pray and we'll, we'll get started here this evening. Dear Lord, again, we thank you for today. We thank you for, for having the word of truth that you bestowed upon us as a people. Lord, we have truth that no matter across the nation, people are preaching today out of the same book, the same truth to people all across the nation. And Lord, we can, we can be confident that we have the truth. Lord, we love you. We thank you for, for giving us this, this thing. And Lord, help us to learn a little bit about confusion tonight and, and the perils that happen with confusion. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We need to have understanding here in these times of confusion. And uh, I know if you... Uh, if you listen or, or, or watch Fox News, or if you listen or watch CNN or MSNBC, if you watch all these different channels, it, it would be very easy to see the confusion that is happening in our world, in, in the secular environment, and in government, and politics, and things of those nature. But we see the, the different narratives. We see the, the, the things that are, the little truths that are given, but then the lies that are, that are incorporated in, in those things also. We see the narratives have replaced facts. Obfuscation and muddying of the waters has, has replaced clarification. And uh, we, we know that uh, the traditions have replaced key doctrines in many churches. Many churches will go about their traditions, and even in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, later on in, uh, in the chapter, it says, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and it says, from such turn away. And, and these are people who are going to have a form, they're going to have a structure, they may have a place that they're going to call church, they're going to have a, a, a thing that they do, they're going to dress up, and they're going to, they're going to go to church, and they're going to have this form of, of, of doctrine, they're going to have this form of religion, but they're going to deny the power. They're going to, they're going to understand they're going to go away unchanged. They're going to go back home to their jobs. They're going to go back 
home and, and live a life that's not the life that they pro- proclaimed at church, that form of godliness. We are consistently confused by conflicting messages coming from experts and from people in high places. And, and we are seeing an entire generation of youth now confused and about gender, about creation. They're confused about the roles of the, of the mother in the home and the father in the home. They're, they're confused about, about everything. And we're witnessing confusion in every aspect of, of society. Now, number one here, there's a, in, in, in studying this, there is a carnality to confusion. There is a carnality to confusion it's fleshly. The Bible is very clear in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that confusion, confusion is actually wrong. It's not, it's not just something that, well, I was confused and, and I don't know, you know much about the Bible. We'll, we'll get in that in, in, here in a little bit. But, uh, but we are actually responsible for things that we know about the Bible and we don't do those things. If We can't just throw our hands up and say, I was confused. Because if we are, know those things, we are responsible for those things. There's a carnality, there's a fleshliness of confusion. Over in James 3.16 again, we, it says, Wherefore envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil, evil work. There's nothing remotely positive that I've re- read in the Bible about confusion. There's nothing good and spiritual about a person that is confused. In fact, I was, I was shocked here to discover that, you know, the first several mentions of the word confusion in Leviticus, and I'm not going to bring it up here tonight with children here, but in the book of Leviticus, it's, it's amazing uh, the, the things that, that it says about confusion. In, in Leviticus um, 18 and 20, there it says, uh, there's, I'm not even going to bring it up. It's so bad. And, uh, but in both first and second mention of the word confusion, it clearly involves perversion and immorality. And uh, it, it involves those things. And, and uh, to define confusion, um, with, with, there's several meanings, actually. I, I don't have the time to, to look at all of them. But the first one, the primary definition is to mix or to blend things so that they cannot be distinguished from, an, from each other. To mix things, to blend things. And I know, uh, Brother Adams, you have a, a background of metallurgy and things of that nature. And so you kind of know that, that uh, the root word of, of confuse is to fuse. And uh, it, the, it's a Latin word. It means to, to pour, to pour. And uh, when two types of metal are, are fused, uh, they are poured together to form as, as one thing. If you see a welder welding on a, a bracket on, on, a, on something metal and, and uh, that, that, that stick is fusing other metal into this metal and it's pouring together those things. And what makes it work is when those things are the same thing. When you have iron with iron or, or aluminum with aluminum and things of that nature. But uh, when things are... Uh, they're, they're, you know, we see the word fuse in a lot of different words also. You, you know, um, uh, your child comes in and there's a little cut on their, on their, on their hand and they say, I'm bleeding profusely. It's, there's blood all over the place. No, it's just a little cut. We'll get you a Band-Aid. But profusely, that means to uh, abundance and uh, it, it's, it means it's pouring out. When something is poured in, it's infused. I know uh, my wife likes to drink these these type of infused with raspberry type of drinks, basically enough flavor to make you want more, right? And, uh, but, but that's infused, that's a pouring in. There's also um, refuse. That means when someone pours to you, 
you pour back to them. You say, no, I refuse that. And uh, there's also confusion or, tra- or transfusion. That's where you pour from one person to another. You know, you know blood transfusions and things of that nature. And, uh, but confusion is when two different incompatible things are mixed and poured out and blended together. People get mixed up because the message that they're hearing is mixed up. That's a literal word for confusion, that blending and mixing. Now, this meaning is also consistent throughout Scripture, both in the, in the words that are used in, in examples here that are given. The greatest way to confuse is to blend facts with fiction. You, you start blending facts with fiction, you have confusion. You start, you start uh, blending the known with the unknown, you start getting confusion. You start getting, uh, mixing and pouring in lies with truth, you're going to get confusion. In other words, Satan blurs these lines. He, he's pouring out lies and deception and half-truths, and it's causing confusion in people. Now, the first example we have here, it's, it doesn't say the word confusion, but over in Genesis chapter 3, and you can turn there, that's right there in the front of your Bible, Genesis chapter 3. I will have a, lot, a little bit of scripture tonight. I won't have you turn to everything. But over in Genesis chapter 3, we, we can see the first confusing event, I guess you could say. In, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, he shall not, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Now, there's, there's, some, there's some things here I want, I want to show you here in this verse, and it still stands today, that number one, the source here. Notice the source of the confusion was this serpent. This was, it was the devil. He was the source of the confusion. Over in uh, John 8, 44, it says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer. This is talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Here in in Genesis chapter 3, we see the first glimpse of Satan. Uh, He was creating a fear and, and confusion. But notice the approach. Notice what the, what the Bible says here about his approach to, to Eve. It was with subtlety. Subtlety. Now, the word subtle means shrewd, crafty, sly. You notice how he put a question mark where God had put a period. You notice how you know, God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That, that was a statement with a period. But, the, but Satan here, he says, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question mark. And uh, so we see the approach here is, is with subtlety. The same word here, subtle, uh, is described in the Bible uh, in, in, in other, other places. Uh, the, distru- the seduction of the harlot uh, over in Proverbs chapter 7, 10. It says, and behold, there met him a woman with the entire of a harlot and subtle of heart. You know, this is a person that's always angling uh, to what they, they want you to know. Hidden motives, hidden agendas, those types of things. You know, she didn't come right out and tell uh, that person what they believe. They're sneaky. They're tricky. Over in Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, uh, the Bible says, And that because of false brethren, unawares, brought in 
who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. We have people sneaking into the church. And uh, over here in, in Jude, which is uh, a book of, of, about apostasy, Jude chapter 1 verse 4 says, For there are certain men crept in unawares, for who where before the old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. These are people that are sneaking into churches and trying to confuse the people. And uh, in, second, in second Peter 2, it says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that, brought, that bought them, and bring unto themselves swift destruction. That's why you shouldn't just accept every TV preacher. You shouldn't accept every uh, radio preacher that you, you, that you hear on the radio and just accept that everything that they say is, is God's word because there are false teachers. There are false preachers out there who, are, who may, may woo you with, with some, uh, some different doctrines, some, some uh, uh, red meat of, of different doctrine, and, and they may convince you not using God's word. They might convince you through, uh, through humanism what they are teaching. In 1 Timothy 2, it says, you know, what, what I notice here also, the, the last thing here for, for, for the source of the person here was, was Satan, and he used subtlety. And he also, notice here, the target was the weakest one in the crowd. He didn't go after Adam. He went after Eve. And uh, we know in, in 2 Timothy 2, 13, says, For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. And, uh, and so we see it's always going to be Satan that's going to be doing the confusion. We, we also know that his, his tact is going to be using subtlety. And he's going to target the weak. It sounds like a lion that that walketh about seeking whom he may devour, doesn't it? It sounds like, you know, just like the lions over in Africa and the Sahara, you know, through the sawgrass, they're, they're sneaking through and, and when they go and attack, all of a sudden the herd will start running and, and who is it that gets the, is the victim to the lion? It's the weak, it's the sick, it's the slow, it's the young. Kids, listen up. There are people trying to confuse you today. Teenagers, teenagers, listen, TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all these things are meant to confuse you. And all this information, I, I will tell you, the information that is out there, it's meant to confuse you as young people, to turn you while you're young. Satan just inserted just enough of a lie to make Eve second, second guess what God had actually said and what he actually meant. You know, how much, how much poison has to be mixed into food before someone dies? Just a little bit. Just a little bit incrementally, just a little bit here, a little bit there, and then all of a sudden you're sick and die. Uh, Satan created enough confusion here to really just to tilt the scales into his favor. Now we cannot look at all the verses here, but but let's look at several words here in the Bible that mean the same thing as, as confusion. They're they're synonymous with confusion. The the first word I want to look at is confound. Confound. Over in Genesis chapter eleven. We see the, the, the Tower of Babel here. And uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 7 says, Go to, let us go down and there uh, confound their language that they may understand, they may not understand one another's speech. 
In verse 9 it says, Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. Now the primary meaning of the word there, confound, is to mix, to mingle, to confuse. It's synonymous with confusion. Confusion was a result of God mixing up and mingling their languages. But, you know, you put a person that's speaking Chinese, you get a person that's speaking Japanese, and a person speaking Vietnamese, and you get a person that's speaking hillbilly, and you get them all in a room, they're not going to know what's going on. And the guy speaking hillbilly, he's really on the outs. He, he's not going to, no one's going to know what he's saying. But uh, you get these people all together and you're try, they're trying to build something. They're trying to, to make a monument to themselves. But, but you get them all together and they can speak different languages. All of a sudden, they have to separate because they can't understand each other. And there, there's that language barrier there. So we see this confounding. It, uh, the Lord brought chaos and confusion and frustration to, the, to those people. Another word is uncertain. It's synonymous with, with, uh, with confusion, uncertain. In the context of the verse that we, we, we've started out with this, this evening, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, we have unknown tongues in the church. Verse 7 says, And even things with, without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For the trumpet shall give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? And uh, that uncertain there means indistinct, uncertain, in, uh, 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 obscure. And I can imagine, we, we went, um, our family went to, Gettysburg just a few years ago, and we had a great time, and, and I got to thinking while, while running around the, the, the different places there, got to thinking how, how, easy, how much more easy it would have been for people to direct their forces and direct their army if they had something as cheap and small as a little walkie-talkie, right? You know, it's something that kids play with now, you know, just a little walkie-talkie. It doesn't have to go real but uh, you could command you know, whole divisions of troops with a walkie-talkie. But they would use a bugle, and they'd have a bugler, and they would, they would, uh, they would you know, to, to go forward for reveille or, or for taps or for retreat, there was a distinct different sound that they had to play. And, and if that the bugler played an indistinct sound, people didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to advance, to retreat. They didn't know. And that's why they'd make those sounds very distinctive and uh, different from each other. 1 Corinthians 14.33 again says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. You know that, that word there, confusion, in 1 Corinthians 14, it, its meaning is instability, a state of disorder, disturbance. And uh, we know Paul was here talking about to the Corinthians, and uh, it was a very carnal church. You know, they, no wonder they, 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 they celebrated and pursued a form of worship that was confusing. Uh, they, would, they would come for the Lord's Supper, and they had some people bringing uh, huge meals, and it would just be a big, a big party, basically, and, and uh, then there would be some that didn't have anything, and it was confusing what the purpose of the Lord's Supper was. God is not the author of confusion in the church. Now, number two here, the, the cause for confusion. There's, there's a couple couple main things that are the cause of confusion. And I, I believe that number one is the ignorance of the Scripture. Ignorance of the Scripture. Now, I, I'm not trying to be harsh or, or degrading by any way, but these are a people that, 
that don't know the scripture. They, they, they never heard. I tell you, as we knock doors more and more this, this day and age, we're finding people that, that don't know the Christmas story. They don't know about the cross. They don't know who Jesus is. And that's, 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 a, that's a hard time. You know, we have to go all the way back and teach them. And it's almost a discipleship program before you want to get them saved because you don't want them to, to make a, a false uh, proclamation of salvation. But, uh, but we, we see people, I, I think of people, and that's why missions is so important. I think of people in Africa, the pygmies that, that will climb trees and look up and, and look up at the night sky and they know that there's something out there. They know that there's a, there's a, some type of higher being, but they don't know who that is because no one has ever reached them yet. And that's why missions are so important. These, these are the people who have an ignorance of scripture. They've never been taught. They've never known. They've never heard the gospel. And we understand that many people are simply confused because they have never been exposed to the truth. And uh, now ignorance is, is a common characteristic of the unsaved. And uh, I tell you, we, we were all confused, amen, uh, until we met the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And uh, Ephesians 4 says, says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity in their mind, <clears throat> having the... <clears throat> the understanding darkened, being alienated, <clears throat> that means outside, from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, there's a difference between people who have never known Jesus and those, have, those who have rejected Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, 2, uh, it says here, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And these, what, what, what he's talking about here is people who are sincere, very sincere, but sincerely wrong. And uh, these are people, I, we were at a uh, truck stop at a Denny's uh, not too long ago. And uh, as, we were, as we were going up to the door, we noticed a man get out of his truck and he had, a, had a, a rug, and he laid the rug out as he was facing east, and he got down and started his, his nightly prayers. And, and, and my heart was, was sorrowful. I, I saw this man who had so much zeal, so much dedication, more dedication than, than many times I have in my life, more dedication than most Christians who, who would do such a thing and, and make a, such a distinct public act of getting down and putting a rug down and praying to his God. But he was sincere, yes, but he's sincerely wrong. He does not have the knowledge uh, of, 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 of Christ, and, and he's sincerely wrong. We, I think of our Jewish friends and Catholic friends who, who are very have a lot of zeal in what they do, but they're, they're, it's just a religion to them. Number two, I, I, I know another reason for a cause of confusion is ignorance. And uh, it's a common characteristic of the ungrounded also. People who are saved, but have not been discipled. People who, who have trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, but that's about it. They haven't, they haven't been faithfully coming to church. They haven't been, maybe they haven't followed uh, Christ and believers' baptism. They, they haven't uh, continued their, their walk with Christ and, and their growth and in, in, in spiritual growth in Christianity. 
They have access to the truth. They have the word of God and they, they are still being confused and ignorant. And you know what? It's interesting in the study here. Uh, when we see this, this person who is saved but isn't walking with Christ, we actually see that it's very shameful. Shameful. You know, having access to the truth but of the word of God and still being confused, that's actually a shame to us. We as Christians, if, if we know what truth is and we have access to the truth, if we don't know what the truth is, it's actually to our shame. And we'll see that here in just a, in just a few verses. Uh, in, in Job uh, 6, it says, They were confounded because they'd hoped, and they came thither and were ashamed. I see all these verses here that have confounded and the word confused, and it always ends up in shame. In Psalms chapter 35, it says, let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Uh, in Psalms 83, it says, let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish. I, I was amazed to find all these verses that had, that had uh, this confounded and confusion and, uh, and, and the word shame with it. In, in Micah uh, chapter 3, it says, Then the seers shall uh, be ashamed and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. Paul told Timothy to study the word of God in order not to be what? ashamed, right? We can probably all say it together. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, right? So we see this thing of, of, being, of having shame with also linked to being confused here. And, uh, and confusion and confound, and it equals shame. Once a person has heard the truth and rejects it, there's a vulnerability of deception. That increases and increases over, over dramatically with time. In 2 Timothy 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own love shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears. Notice that's a voluntary thing. They'll, they'll turn their ears away from, from the truth. And then the verse goes on, And shall be turned unto fables. So you have a voluntary thing of people who are turning away from the truth, and the devil continues to turn them to fables. That's an involuntary thing. We turn, and then Satan turns us even more. Ignoring truth desensitizes us to the, the heart. It desensitizes the heart. It desensitizes the mind to truth. If one position of God's word is dismissed, then what's so important about the rest? If one, one thing about uh, the, the, the truth of God in the, that we see in the Bible, if we, and we know that if the Bible's true, then all of it's true, right? If the Bible's correct, then all of it's correct. And so we can't pick and choose. It's not a solid bar in which we, we, we can come and say, I, I agree with this, and this is good. Oh, good. Uh, I don't smoke, and I agree with, with Preacher when he talks about smoking. Yeah, I don't smoke. And, oh, I don't drink either, and that's, that's a good thing. I'll, I'll hold on to that. And, and this thing, oh, tithing. Whoa, wait a second now. Let's, let's, let's negotiate things here. That, you know, that, that's Old Testament. Uh, you know, we, we start making excuses. And if we know something to be right... And if we know something to be true from the Bible, then it's to our shame if we don't do it, is it? It desensitizes the heart and the mind to truth. In uh, 
Mark chapter 7, 15, it says, There is nothing from without a man that entering in, into him can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. The, the Pharisees were, were getting after Jesus for, because the disciples had, were you know, on their way to the temple and they were winnowing wheat and they didn't wash their hands. And we see this people again here that they have their, they have their doctrines, they have their, their teachings, they have their traditions, but they didn't have the truth. They didn't have the truth. These are scribes that transcribe the word of God and they set aside things to follow traditions instead. Now, number three, the cure for confusion. The cure for confusion, and I will hurry here. The cure, cure for confusion is, is really simple. It's often overlooked by millions of people, though. And uh, we sometimes to know what, what the cure is, we have to know what the cure is not, I guess. Many times we have to know what something is to better understand what something is not. But, but uh, we don't need more secular education. We don't need people who, who are unsaved, who will study the, they'll, they'll study the Bible, and they'll be, be theologians as far as, the, as far as the Bible goes. But I tell you, without the Spirit of God, without the Holy Spirit in them, they will, they will come up with all kinds of things to try to teach you. And they'll have more, more uh, degrees than the thermometer, I guess you could say, behind their, their name. But they will, they will tell you, well, this and this and this. But you know what? Be careful. Be careful of that. Oh, you know, we see it from the Bible. 2 Timothy 3 says, ever learning and never able. These are people who are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They, they, they miss the starting point, which is to be saved. They miss the starting point, which is to have Jesus Christ in their heart. And because of that, they, they think that they can, they can look in, in the Bible and have this humanistic view and, and preach that and teach that. And that's, that's, uh, that's not right. Romans one twenty two says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. First Corinthians 2 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. You know what? I, no, I'm, I'm doing a lot of Bible here tonight, and I don't apologize for that because I want you to know that everything that I'm saying is coming right from, the, from God's Word. I could, I could stand up here and I could uh, have great points and pontificate about all kinds of things, but I, I tell you, if you don't look at it for, your, for yourselves in the Bible, I, I tell you, it would be unfortunate. I would hate to live my life knowing that at the end of my life, everything I knew about the Bible was something that I just heard, was something I just saw on YouTube, something that a good quote on Facebook. I would hate to live my life knowing that I, didn't, I wasn't able to read God's Word and get something for myself. Amen. Amen. Another thing that we don't need is more uh, scholarly elitism, I guess you could say. People who, people who are organizations that, that you have to go to their colleges or that you have to go to their seminars or you have to go to their lectures to understand truth. You know, God didn't see fit to use the wise and the learned and the, and the foolish and the weak. He, 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 in his sovereignty, he decided to use the foolish and the weak to confound the wise and the mighty weak vessels of flesh that through the foolishness of preaching teach people the Word of God. Amen? 
And uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, it says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For, for you see that you're calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many, notice that, after the flesh. Now, it's okay to be a wise man. It's okay to be a wise man when you're, when you're grounded in God's word. And those who, those who are very smart, who are very, uh, just, just have the wonderful mind that get into God's word and they're saved, oh, that's a wonderful thing. But notice here it says, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the, of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God hath chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught those things that are. Amen. You know, I, I tell you, if you're saved and you have the, the Bible, if you have the Bible in your hand today, you have everything. God has equipped you with everything that you need to have a walk with Christ. God has equipped you everything that you don't have to to to, to listen to all the the radio preachers and and send in your ten dollars so they can send you a, a part of their um, handkerchief or something like that and and uh, and they'll pray for you and and no, you don't have to do that. Everything that we have, God has equipped us with the Word of God. And praise God for preachers and pastors like your pastor that, that uh, gets up every, every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday and throughout the week and, 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 and from God's Word will show you different things also. You know what else we don't need? We don't need more uh, anecdotal experiences. I, I can tell you, I, I, God has done some wonderful things. And I could, I could stand up here and tell you story after story how wonderful God has been to my family and, and what he has done to me and, and, and things that, that have happened in my life that I can say, this is only God. And, and those stories are good. Those anecdotes are good. But you know what? It doesn't beat God's word. And if it goes against God's word, then I tell you, it ain't true. You know, if someone gets up and says, hey, I was over in New York in a field, and one day uh, this angel Moroni came down and, and gave me some plates, and I looked at them, and I memorized them, and then he took the plates, and, and now I have this new thing from God. I tell you, I'd hope you would just kick me out, brother. I hope you'd just kick me out right now. Because those type of revelations, those types of, of things, God doesn't talk to us in that way. He talks to us right through His Word today. And He can talk to you. If you're saved today, He can talk to you right through His Word. We don't need those, those fleshly experiences or anecdotal experiences. You know, over, over uh, in 1 Peter, in verse 16, it says, For we have not followed cunningly, cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. They got to see Jesus transfigured in front of them. They got to see his, his spiritual body in front of them. And that was a great thing. But notice what Peter says here. Notice this, in verse 19 it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein ye, ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that, that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn, that the day star arise in your hearts. What he's talking about is, hey, even though we got to see this amazing thing, we got to walk with the Son of God, we got to see Him uh, go up on a mountain and transfigured in front of us, and we got to see His, His spiritual body. But you know what? There's a more sure word, and it's right here, right here, and it's available for everyone, and it's a, it's a light in the darkness. Amen? A more sure word. Now, 
the cure for confusion. Here, here we go. And I'm going to go really fast here, okay? We need more scriptural scripture exploration. We need to dig in the, into the scripture ourselves, Christians. As, as people of God, we need to get into the Bible. The cure is found solely within the pages of God's word. You know, one of the oldest characters found in the Bible is a man named Job. And uh, notice his conclusion. He, in Job 32, it says, But there is a spirit in man, that's the Holy Spirit, right? And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. That's the Holy Spirit. Give us, gives us understanding in confusing times. He gives us the understanding that we need to read the Bible. He, need, he gives us the understanding that we need in confusing days. Psalms 119, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Hey, you know what? If you feel like you're not the, the, the smartest knife in the crayon box, okay? <laughs> that's, a, that's a dumb illustration, but go with it. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like you're not the smartest person in the world? Okay, it's okay. Because God has given us the Holy Spirit that can work inside of us that we can understand things that, that even, even very smart PhD level type people cannot understand in God's word. We need more scriptural exploration. The one reason that confusion abounds is the overall lack of studying. It's, the, it's really the, the aversion of, of time-consuming research. And I say that honestly. Reading the Bible and studying the Bible, it is time-consuming. And if you, if you just read the Bible, you're trying to read the Bible through, and, and that's a great thing to do, and, and you're checking the boxes off, that's okay. But let me tell you, study the Bible. Amen. Get in there and study the Bible. It takes time, yes. But, and and it, it takes effort, yes. And it, you may not feel like doing it all the time, yes. But you know what? If we want to the outcome <coughs> of, a, of a walk with Christ, that's what we have to do. <coughs> oh, I should have taken you up on that water, <coughs> brother. It's okay. Uh, another thing that we, we, we need to make sure that we're not confused is more spiritual enlightenment. John 16 says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, is come, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he sh ye shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show thee things to come. The Holy Spirit's job is to enlighten you. The Holy Spirit's job is to be that paraclete that runs beside you and helps you and guides you along the way. And, uh, and helps you use that light for your path. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach you not just, not just the, the preaching of God's Word. The preaching of God's Word is awesome. But you know what? The, the teaching that we can get from the Holy Spirit is like none other. It's like none other. And there's no excuses to be confused. But we also need, we need a little bit more separation and exclusion from people that are confusing. That's, that's, that's the last point here. More separated, more exclusion. Mark, mark down what I'm telling you here. You know, if you hang out with liars, if you hang out with deceivers, if you hang out with, with carnal people, guess what? They will turn you. If you're not, if you're not standing there and, and trying to turn them to Christ and not being a, a, a good testimony to them and, and not trying to, to, to sit down with them and, and have a conversation about Christ, guess what? After a while, the, that, that guy at work, that, that, uh, he's a really good guy, right? He's jovial, he's, he, has, he, has, he has funny jokes, but you know what? Sometimes they're not that clean, are they? And, uh, and sometimes he swears. 
And sometimes he, you know, he, he'll invite you, invite you over to his house or do, do some other things. But, but I tell you, if you hang around those people, those carnal people, they will eventually turn you. If you, if you come, you company with people that are ignorant of scripture and ignore scripture, confusion will follow. It will. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote the entire chapter addressing the confusion about the resurrection. He said, you know, and, and you know what his warning to the church was in a nutshell? Stop listening to the people who don't know what they're talking about, right? Stop listening to those people. And uh, he said, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. These are people that they don't have the knowledge of God. They're ignorant of God, uh, things of God. He said, I speak this to your shame. There it, there it is again, that word shame. You say, but, but what if they're saved? What if they're my brother in Christ? Well, sometimes we have to withdraw from them too. We have to withdraw, withdraw uh, from people who, or you will withdraw from the word of God. And 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 says, Now we commend you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. And over, I tell you, I'm, I'm just going to read this last part here, and, and, uh, and then one more scripture, and then we'll be done. It says, if any man teach, this is in 1 Timothy 6, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the Bible, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Oh, have you heard of that? That gain is godliness? People preaching a prosperity gospel? It says, from such, withdraw thyself. Withdraw thyself. Last, last scripture here, and I'm done. Romans 16, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. This is things that you, are, you know is good doctrine. You know it, it's been preached and you can read it in your Bible. But there's people out there, brethren, these are, these are saved people. It says, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And avoid them. Avoid them. For they are such, serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Basically, in a nutshell here, it says, if you hang around confused people, you're going to become confused. If you listen to people that are mixed and, and they start to mingle truth and error, you are going to be confused. So number one, there's a carnality in confusion. It's fleshly. It, it's fleshly. Number two, the, there's causes of confusion. First of all, we talked about not knowing, being ignorant of the truth, not, never seeing the Bible, never, not even knowing who Jesus Christ is or what he had said. Then there's the knowing but rejecting. That's ignoring truth. Then number three, there's that cure for confusion. We need more Bible, don't we? We need more Bible in our life. We need, it needs to run through us, run through us like water. Uh, we need more Holy Spirit guidance. And then number three, we need, a sep we need a separation from confused people. With that, let's stand, and I'm going to pray. I'll pray. Dear Lord, again, we thank you for this time together. I, I, I know I was a little lengthy, probably. But God, I pray that you just help, Lord, convey this message to the people today. Lord, we don't have to live a confused life. 
We don't have to live a life where we're just going from one doctrine to another doctrine and just floating in and out of, of, of church and, and listening to, to different people here and there and, and trying to find and, and make up our own uh, patchwork of doctrine, Lord. We, we can find the truth. It's right here in your word. And Lord, we thank you for having your word for us. Lord, I, I pray that you just be with the invitation. Help us to think of what we can do to get into your word what we can do to stop the confusion that we have in our life. Lord, I'm sure there's, there's someone here today that might, might be thinking, uh, Brother Nelson, I, I, I'm, I've been confused about some things. I need to just get into the Bible. Lord, I pray that you just be with each and every one here today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.